Welcome to the Nerd Stalgic Podcast with your host, the Ginger Howdy folks, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Nerd Stagit Podcast with me, your host Luke. Thank you very much for joining me. Hope you're all doing well, as per usual. Um, we're going back to the movie tie-in series. I haven't done this series in a very, very long time, um, but I figured it's been a long enough break that we'll come back to it and we'll check some things. And one of the upsides of taking a break from this is it allows me to now play more movie tie-in games so that I can schedule more episodes instead of having to wait. You know, I don't have to rush through them. I can properly do them in depth. So um, I'm I am currently recording this probably a few weeks before you actually end up hearing this. So hopefully I have played more movie tying games and I've, I'll be able to put more out more regularly for you. Um, it'd most likely be the same as the length of the last time I did it, which would be three episodes, then a break, and then another three episodes. Uh, because I've got a lot of movie tying games. I've actually bought a lot more since I last done this. And more than likely, I've played a lot more um, since recording this. So all is uh, top trumps. But this one, this, this episode is going to be a very, very fun one. Um, but before I get into it, I've got to do the business first. I know, boo, our business. But this is an amazing company, one of my favorite companies ever in the whole world. Um, I'm, I may be unbiased, but it's true. I love what they do. Um, but it's if you've been listening to the show, um, you will know that this show and uh, this episode is sponsored by the lovely, beautiful, wonderful, fabulous people uh, at World of Books. Uh, they have given me a 10% off code for you folks um, to use at the checkout. What that means is that anytime you go on their website, if you want to buy um, retro video games or retro or no, uh, vinyl, books, anything like, like that from their store, uh, if you go to checkout, no matter how much it is, you put in the code, the postal code at the end, which would be nerdy10. That's N-E-R-D-Y-10 or higher case. You put that in at the checkout at the end and you get to save yourself a whopping 10% off, which to be honest, the more you spend and then, you know, you put the percentage on, the more you save. So, yeah, you know, I'm not telling you to spend loads of money, but, you know, the more you, the more you spend, the more you save. So. You know, it balances itself out. Um, but this code is available from when you're hearing this now till the end of the year. Um, so if you listen to this in the future, and it's 2023, uh, this code is no longer available. I'm sorry. But hopefully, fingers crossed, if I'm lucky, and if the amazing people at World of Books are listening to this, um, they've decided to sponsor me and the show again. Um, you know, so fingers crossed. But uh, if you listen to this in 2022, it's still available. It's still eligible. Um, get on it now and save yourself 10% off. So that's the business end done. Uh, now we can get on to the really fun stuff. So um, as I mentioned, movie time. For anybody that doesn't know, uh, check out my last uh, three episodes I did a couple of weeks ago. Um, I looked at Kung Fu Panda. I looked at Wally, And I looked at, oh, God, it, it's escaping me. Um, oh, what was it now? No, I can't remember it. I can't remember it at all, um, which is quite bad of me. Uh, <laughs> says a lot about the, the, the review if I can't remember actually playing it. Says a lot about the game, to be honest. Um, but no, if you go back and you check for the movie tie-in series, you'll find them there. There's about three of them. Go back and check them out. They're a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun reviewing them, even though I can't remember one of them. Uh, but remember, two out of three. And as Meatloaf says, two out of three ain't bad. 
and I agree. So, um, <laughs> I find myself funny. Uh, if you're new to the show, you would know that I laugh at myself a lot. I think I'm hilarious. So, um, please bear with me when I laugh at myself. But anyway, so uh, today's episode is another movie tying game. This one's for the Xbox 360, and it is The Chronicles of Riddick. Assault on Dark Athena. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to get for this game, um, primarily I love I loved the Riddick series. I love Pitch Black. I loved the uh, Chronicles of Riddick movie. And then he made another one. I can't remember what it was called. It was, I just want to say Riddick 3. I think it was called Riddick. I can't remember. There was meant to be a fourth movie, but you know, Vin Diesel is always saying there's going to be more, but whenever like he gets around to it, it never actually happens. Um, I think he's, he's, he was said he was going to make Tunnel Sharks. Is it Was it Tunnel Sharks? The old 90s TV show, and there were shark, big, sh- big uh, guys that were basically sharks that would bomber jackets. I think it was tunnel sharks or street sharks. And that he said he was going to make that movie years and years ago, early 2000s. Hasn't happened yet, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, I like the the Riddick series. I somewhat like you know Vin Diesel. I like his older stuff to, compared to his newer stuff. Um, but I thought you know this one should be a really fun one, and you know I paid six pound for it at CX, uh, which is the company here in the UK that sells retro stuff. Um, and one thing that attracted me to it is not just, again, Vin Diesel, Riddick and all that, um, but on the front cover, you have this little section here that goes, includes the remaster for the 2004 classic Escape from Butcher Bay to... Uh, it's such small writing. Two Chronicles on one disc. So basically, you have two games. So you've got the newer game, which is Assault on Dark Athena, and you have the remastered original Xbox classic, um, Escape from Butcher's Bay. I never played either. Um, I didn't know any of them. I, I've said this many times before. My dad had the Xbox, the Xbox original. Uh, of course, I was only a little bean. I was tiny. So I had no say in whatever we played or whatever game my dad bought. My dad just came home with a game and like, playing that now, and that's it. It's gospel. Like, that's it. No other games exist. You know, he is God when it comes with games. When he, If he brings it and he presents it to me, I worship it, and I say, thank you, O oh, Father, Lord, and then I go play it, and then that's it, you know? Um, so that's the kind of thing I'm sort of uh, trying to say is the fact of, it attracted me so much to this game that you get two for one. And for six pounds, you get two full games. And for me, being an achievement whore, I, I am an achievement hunter, um, it was a win-win. You know, I thought, oh, it should be so bad. I can play the older game and I can play a newer game. And then I looked at it in, in the podcasting sort of brain. One of the, I've said this before in, in prior episodes, um, but one of the things I've found since doing a podcast is that everything that you do is content. In terms of everything that you see is content. So I'm sitting there playing, say, Bioshock. And I'm like, this would be great content for the podcast. I'm reading a book. This would be great content. I'm watching a film. Great content. TV show. Content. And which is a good, it's a great mindset to have whenever you do something like this. You always want to be looking out for content because you always want to be one step ahead so that, you know, if you, if you're, some people don't, some people do, some people have deadlines like I release an episode every week or I release the episode whenever I want. Um, it depends on, you know, what you decide to do. But it's always good to have a mind of what you want to talk about, the content you want to produce and the content you want to actually publish to people. Um, uh, so that was my mind when I sort of like content, content, content. This would be great, you know. Um, and it, yeah, you know. And the reason I made that noise is, well, you're going to find out when I get around to reviewing the game. Um, but before I do that, um, I want to talk about uh, the front and back of the box. 
you know, I want to do a box description, which I've done this before in the past, and it somewhat works. Um, sadly, if it was a visual format, it'd be a lot easier. But I'm going to try my best to be as descriptive as possible to describe the front and back of the box and the inside of the box, because this one is a box and complete um, uh, edition. That basically means that it comes with the manual uh, and it comes with the disc. And well, obviously, it should come with a disc, but you know. As you would expect, mostly it's to do with the manual. You know, when somebody says box and complete, they mean it comes with a, manu a manual, which is uh, quite rare nowadays because you'd be surprised how many times you go to second-hand stores and you buy games that have no manual at all. Um, anyway, I'm going off topic. So, on the front of the box, you get Xbox 360 and the Xbox Live. Then you have uh, Riddick in the back, which is basically Vin Diesel posing. Uh, with, I don't know what the, he's got these blades in his hand. I've never known what the, I can't, they, they've got a name in the game. But I can't remember them. Um, but he's got these like those round curvature blades with the serrated edges on the, on the top, um, on the front, making a cool pose. You got the Chronicles of Riddick, Assault on Dark Athena, uh, fifteen, a Universal, Atari, and then that little thing I talked about, saying it's got the two thousand and four classic Skeleton Butcher Bay. Not much on the front. It does pull you in, to be honest. This is like if you was to pull this off the shelf and you was like, oh Riddick, and you just pull it pull it out and you look at it, it is quite striking you know like i said you've got vin diesel on the front as riddick it's quite you know uh pulls you in flipping it around looking at the back there's a quote here at the very top from xbox world which i think was probably a magazine at the time um probably probably still is to be honest i don't know i never really read the xbox magazines much um so you've got a quote from them that says the best stealth game on the xbox 360 and one of the best action games too i have heard that quote many times when I ever talked to anybody in the past about this game. They've all said the same thing. It is the best stealth game they've ever played. The stealth is amazing. Um, it's one of the, whenever you see reviews, people say, oh, really, in this game, you get guns, but you don't really use them. You know, you can use them, but if you go, like, the game's not built to be all guns blazing. The game is built for stealth. So my question was, why do they give you guns? And it's the same question I asked when I actually started playing the game and as I kept dying over and over again, which, again, I'll get into. Um, but, yeah, I heard from those people it, it was a stealth game. You know, everybody says this was the best stealth game they ever played. Uh, and then to read that quote, it's the best stealth game on Xbox 360. If you'll take, again, if you're taking this off the shelf when it first came out in 2009, uh, you would believe that. You know, Assassin's Creed not had not long come out, so there wasn't really much in the way of stealth. You know, you just had like Assassin's Creed, so you would believe it. You'd think, well, you know, this must be. You know, if everybody's saying it, and you know, this big magazine saying it, it must be true. Um, and the stealth is there; it is pretty good stealthy. But again, I'll get into it uh, in a minute. Uh, and then you've got three boxes. You've got one box with Riddick shooting, which is again is a bit silly because it's meant to be a stealth game, but there's guns in it. Don't worry, I'll get into it. Uh, so you've got a dark, intense shooter set in this epic sci-fi world. I do agree with that. It is it is quite epic and quite magical. Well, not magical, like uh, quite beautiful. You know, the, the graphics and scenery is, is quite beautiful. It's still dated for 2009, but it's not bad for what it was. Um, Riddick brings the darkness with stealth action and brutal melee combat. See, that's true. That is, is something that you will do a lot in this game. Uh, for the first time, play Riddick in multiplayer against friends or online. I never got to test the multiplayer, mainly because the serves are down, and um, my brother was never free. And to be honest, even if he was free, I wouldn't want to play the multiplayer, because I just can't bother. <laughs> which says a lot about the main game, which I, I will get on to it. Then you've got the blurb. 
this gives us as a description of the game. So you flip it round, you go, oh, take up the shaft. Oh, that's amazing. Look at Riddick. Riddick looks really cool. You flip it round, you go, oh, what's this game about? Oh, stealth. Oh, this is amazing. What's the story? Then you'd be reading this. It goes, be Riddick, the most ruthless criminal in the universe. In his la latest chronicle, Riddick has been captured by the Dark Athena, a mercenary ship hell-bent on eliminating him once and for all, using his intense hand-to-hand -hand combat skills, exposure, explosive firepower, and lethal stealth, Riddick must shut down the manacle captain, Ruas, and her deadly crew. When Riddick steps into the darkness, no one is safe. So that's a description of the newest game, Dark Athena. Uh, not a description for Butcher Bay, which I will... I will what I'll do, actually... Um, I will Google that one and I'll give you a quick description of that one. Uh, but to be honest, apart from story, they're very, very, very similar. Um, and then finally, at the bottom, you have two different screenshots. One of the uh, Butcher Bay uh, original, what it would look like if you played it on the original Xbox. And the next one on the right is the upscaled HD version on the Xbox 360. Um, it looks a lot better. Like Looking at the comparisons, it does look a lot better. Obviously, when I played it, I never played the original Xbox. So when I was when I played this for the first time, I played it on the 360, the up-resed up version, shall I say. And obviously, having no, nothing to judge it on, having nothing to kind of look back on, compare it to, it just looked like a standard 2009 game to me. But I, I'm sure that if I played this game in the original, in the 2000s, played it in 2004, played it in the original, I probably would have been like, well, yeah, you know, this game is amazing you know this game blows me away i can't believe they've managed to make it look so beautiful because the, the original wasn't because of you know the technical constraints um so for me i could have an issue judge it on but honestly to me just like a standard 2009 game it looked all right for a 2009 game but still a bog standard 2009 xbox 360 hd game which um i don't even know if it went to 1080 to be honest some games could some games couldn't depends on your tv most games on the 360 were 720 to be honest um, but even so it was still hd um so yeah so that is the front and back of the box uh one player then you can play online with your friends uh then uh Tygon studios and starbreeze the companies that made it again i'll get into talking about those in a minute but that is the front and back of the box. When you take it off, it, off your shelf, that's what you get. And if, obviously, if you open it inside, it's got on the back of the slip cover when you open it, it's got a picture of Riddick's eyes, which I always thought was a bit creepy, but looks, you know, it's pretty cool. Uh, on the disc, there's not much on the disc, just Riddick's face and obviously the name. On the, actually, to be honest, the cover of this, if you can find, on, if you go online and, and search Chronicles of Riddick of Salt and Dark Athena um, game manual, the manual is really beautiful, and I don't know why they didn't go for the design that's on the manual, front of the front of the box. It looks so much better than what's on the front of this box, because um, it's it's a side-on of Vin Diesel, Riddick. Um, muscles, obviously, you know, Vin Diesel. Or, I've heard loads of stories about Vin Diesel, how he's basically very big-headed, he's got a huge ego, and that he basically tried to superimpose himself so he looked bigger than The Rock in, in posters and stuff like that. And there was a thing like... Uh, was it, I'm sure they. I don't know if it's for sure. Maybe I shouldn't talk about it if I'm not 100% sure. But I'm sure I had to think about him and Vin Diesel, uh, the Rock and Vin Diesel, how they was kind of like Vin Diesel was just kind of like jealous, being like, you know, I can't, I can't I have it in his contract where he can't lose. And I think uh, the Rock had that in his contract as well that he couldn't lose in a he couldn't like lose in a fight. So 
when they fought each other, it was kind of had to be like a, 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 a what's the word? Um, a stalemate. It had to be like a win-win where they both knock the dickens out of each other, but not enough for one of them to be best, just both of them just to be knocked on their asses. Bit silly, but you know, egos and all that. Um, but yeah, this the front of this is very egotistic for um, uh, Vin Diesel. Uh, going through the contents page of the manual, there's not much on here. Add the, your controls, um, different sorts of like. There's a, a new another description for the game. Who's the best killer? That sort of thing. Um, you know, different types of environments. The, how to use stealth. Different types of weapons you'll get. Uh, which you'll get like submachine guns, grenade launchers, modified, uh, Scar H, tranquilizer gun, assault rifle, grenade launcher, grenades, clubs, batons, knuckle dusters, shivs, um, all arcs, that's what those blades are called, they're called all arcs, um, hairpin, uh, different types of enemies, inmates, maximum security, double max security, riot guards, which are like big robots, ghost drones, mercs, Security turrets X Y Z. What I quite like about this, though, if I'm being honest, is that it's it's in color. Like I've said this a few times, I love it when a controller. I mean, when a manual, should I say, not a controller, when a game manual is in color, it just shows that a little bit more care and love went into games. And they used to do this back in like uh, the early days, um, that all sort of um, manuals were in color and not in weren't in black and white. It was just nice, even if it was extra details, even if it was just the standard of telling you how the game works. It's still nice to open up and just have a, a colourful sort of manual. But yeah, that's everything. That's the manual, box and complete, front and back, done. So um, I'm going to take a quick break and then we'll come back after the break and we'll talk about uh, Tiger and Studios and Starbreeze Studios. Because to be honest, the history of this game is very interesting not just this game but the history of these two studios um it's quite interesting i feel like you, you know considering that my reviews aren't very long when i do these sort of things i like to kind of pad it out with a bit of extra sort of information so if you want to hear the extra bit of information uh stay tuned but uh, until then i'm going to go on a quick break all right see you then be back in a minute Right then, and we're back. I hope you enjoyed your break. I hope you enjoyed your relax. I trust, I quite enjoy doing those sort of mini breaks. For you, they're just a couple seconds, but they're for me. For me, they're a couple minutes uh, because back in the early days when I started doing my podcast, I used to just ramble. Like I used to just talk and talk and talk. Get a really bad dry mouth. Get a major headache because of compression of wearing glasses on my and having the headset on top. So like I'd give myself such big headaches so these breaks for you a few seconds for me a good few minutes to refresh have a drink of water get my um notes and everything that i want to talk about in order that way when i come back i think it's a streamline instead of me a lot of erms and sort of um stale air um as i just went um right there as i was just explaining <laughs> but anyway so the next section uh, I'm going to talk about is the studios, the two studios behind the making of this game. So the first one, um, probably not the most important, um, but the first one is Tygon Studios. Tygon Studios is a video game developer owned by One Race Films, focused primarily on games featuring Vin Diesel, who also founded the company following a suspension of development work. Uh, Diesel reactivated re the company in September 2013. It was founded in 2002. So as I said, it's it's mainly a company that makes games for
for Vin Diesel, featuring Vin Diesel. So you have the likes of the Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay, uh, as well as Dark Athena. Uh, you have Wheelman, uh, Riddick, The Merc Files, Fast and Furious, and yeah, Fast and Furious Crossroads. Um, currently well, in development is in 2006, Barker. BC was developed as a MMO RPG. Later, the, the genre was changed into a third-person action, real, action real-time strategy. It is based on the historical Punic Wars of Hannibal Barker. The player controls Hannibal's forces during his historical campaign against Rome. That apparently in development, but that's probably been developed since 2006. I don't know if they've done anything really since, apart from Crossroads. But to be honest, they don't really, from what I'm looking at my research and looking through here, they don't really make the games themselves. They kind of like, we have the license rights to make games with Vin Diesel, but we don't make the games. We kind of sell the rights. Like if you want to make a game with Vin Diesel, that's fine. We'll just co-develop it. So you'll make the bulk of it, but we'll give you the rights and we'll kind of all the assets and we'll bring in Vin Diesel and all that. So it's, it's his company. So we'll bring him in and, you know, so if you want Vin Diesel in your game, you know, you better know he's going to be in it and he's going to be the quote unquote star. You know, that's what it looks like here from from reading the um, read, reading some of the things here on my research. Um, and it's to us, it just makes me laugh. How, like we we're saying before about how egotistic um, he is, how egotistic Vin Diesel is. Of course, he has his own video game company. And of course, all they make is games featuring him. You know, like I understand like Vin Diesel is a nerd. He plays D&D. He's a super nerd. Um, I get it. But it's just kind of like, relax. You know, you're not the only person in the world, you know. Um, never, not, not that Vin Diesel's ever going to hear this, but it just kind of makes me, makes me giggle. But you hear stories, you know, are they real? Are they not? Who's to say? Um, but it just kind of makes me giggle. I've, I've heard those things about, you know, how... Um, egotistic he is and then when you see that he has his own company that makes games purely just for him it kind of you can't help not sit there and go yeah it might be true um but anyway moving on so the next company the company actually did the bulk of the work who actually made the game is a swedish company uh called starbreeze studios um they are a game, video game developer and publisher based in Stockholm. Notable games include The Chronicles of Riddick, Escapes of Butcher Bay, Payday 2, uh, Brothers, uh, A Tale of Two Sons, founded by members of the demo group Triton. The company was merged with O3 Games 2002, wherein the Starbreeze name was retained. The company produced titles including uh, Enclave, uh, Knights of the Temple, Eternal Crusade. In the early 2000s, cancellations of their products due to conflicts with publishers and a failed acquisition led to a severe financial crisis, resulting in staff layoffs during the development of Starbreeze's fourth game, The Chronicles of Riddick Escape from Butcher Bay. The game received critical acclaim and helped Starbreeze establish a reputation for producing quality games. I somewhat disagree, but we'll see. Uh, the company then worked on The Darkness. That was actually a really good game. Darkness, the first Darkness. The Darkness 2 was good. It was made by a different developer. But Darkness 1 was pretty, pretty good. Um, I don't, I, maybe one day I'll do it. I'll, I'll talk about it. But it, generally, the first Darkness, really, really good game. Um, whose sales cons, uh, considered um, satisfactory. Then this is one of the things I find really, really interesting. 
this part here goes Starbreeze partnered with Electronic Arts to develop a reboot to the Syndicate series which is on my list of games to play um, not for not for podcasting just generally this list of games I missed out on the 360 that I want to go back to and give a go so I'm looking forward to play that one I've heard mixed reviews about it but you know we will see um, but it ended up being a commercial failure well that's not very good <laughs> and many staff members moved to rival company Machine Games um, so that's why Machine Games they make uh, the Wolfenstein games now so a lot of people moved on to them. So win some, lose some. I, me, me personally, I think if I was part of Starbreeze, I probably would have moved to Machine Games as well because I really love Wolf, the Wolfenstein games. So I don't. That then again, did they know back when they moved that they were going to make Wolfenstein? I don't know. Um, but I quite like what they do. So I, I would would have been happy to go towards them. Anyway, moving on. Uh, established by Starbreeze founders, as a result. Uh, the company shifted part of its focus developing smaller games such as Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. Starbreeze uh, began expanding the company in 2012 with an acquisition of Overkill Software. Overkill's first title, title, uh, title after the acquisition, Payday 2, helped Starbreeze make a re record profit after suffering a, a loss of 14 $4 million since its inception. In 2015, the company announced that it would start publishing video games from independent developers and that it had begun development of a virtual reality headset named Project Star VR. Nothing has really, I haven't really heard anything of that one. And then finally, Starbreeze had, had acquired a license to develop Overkill for Walking Dead from Starbound Entertainment, but the project fell into development hell and once released, in 2018 was purely reviewed and had pure sales uh, the title was ultimately pulled and starbound revoked starbreeze's license having expected a financial boon from this game starbreeze spent a year in resurrecting from restructuring from december 2018 to december 2019 to regain financial footing but had to sell off many of its publishing deals and other steps to be able to move forward so they're still around um they are still a company they're still making games as far as i know um looking through this i can't see anything that they're currently working on i think the last game they made was 2018 which was overkills the walking dead which was a vr game um but i can't see anything else of what's currently developing what they're currently working on um but yeah so that's the company so you have the egotistical maniac that is vin diesel uh, <laughs> um have his own studio making games just for him about him and about his um projects which i'm i'm actually kind of surprised that he's never made a triple x game maybe there's been rumblings about it but i thought like triple x would be a good sort of idea um for video game considering that xander cage is a um gamer himself and a journaling junkie so i you know i thought that would be a cool sort of game but as far as i know there hasn't been a triple x game uh, i don't think there has been Especially not one with Diesel, anyway. Um, and then you have Starbreeze Studios, who made the game. First game, Butcher Bay, was really well. Um, and then the second game was received somewhat all right. And then from there, it kind of seemed to go a bit downhill for them. Um, and currently, who knows what they're doing now. Um, but the they made The Darkness, and the first Darkness was really, really good. The Darkness 2 was was all right. You know, it was a step in a, in a, in a different direction. I still enjoyed it. The... the Darkness 2 followed the comics a lot more faithfully, I would say, with a lot more comic aesthetic than the first game did. Um, but I'm not here to talk about the darkness. Um, I'm here to talk about these studios. But to be honest, 
before I get onto the review, I do want to say they're not bad of a studio. Starbreeze is like for what they had here, it I don't know, it felt basic. You know, it just it just didn't. It felt like a good game was under the surface. I just couldn't find it. You may because I didn't play long enough, but we will see when we get around to doing the reviews in a minute. We will see my full my full feelings. But that's uh, Tygon Studios. That's Starbreeze. I just thought I'd give you a bit of a backstory behind both studios, just so you get a feel for who they are and what they have done. If you played anything that they've done before in the past, or you played anything they've done recently, most likely, I'd say for the majority of people who listen to this, you've probably played The Darkness. If you haven't, again, I recommend it. It's always on sale on Xbox uh, when it's on backwards compatible. So whenever it's on sale, definitely pick it up. Also pick up The Darkness too. It's amazing. But I keep going on to The Darkness. mainly because it's just an amazing game and i didn't realize that they had made the darkness games until i started doing my research and i just kind of lost track and that again that says a lot about this game but you've obviously been waiting long enough i've teased you enough it's time to talk about the games so um without further ado let's get into it shall we Right, so the actual game review itself is a bit you've been waiting for. Um, this one, I was originally going to split up in two. Uh, my original plan was I was going to talk about Butcher Bay and then I was going to talk about Dark Athena. But as I was going through my notes um, in the break just and thinking about what I was, how I was going to do, how I was going to structure it, what I was going to talk about first, I, I basically came to the conclusion, and this is the conclusion I will come to when I, in this review, is the fact of both games are relatively the same. The only thing that's different is the setting and the story. But apart from that, they play exactly the same. So I figured instead of splitting them up, I'll talk about them one after the other. Because, again, they have a lot of in- a lot in common. So, um, first of all, first game, 2004, uh, Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay. Uh, to be honest, I can't really say much in the terms of it being a remaster. Because I never played the original. So I can't say if it was good or not. From what I've seen... From images and people, uh, there were people did um, videos on YouTube back in the day, where they did comparison videos, where they was walking down halls and how the hall looked originally on the original Xbox and how the halls look now in HD um, and sort of re-resed and high sort of graphics. They look a lot better. It looks like a good one. The textures look good. For again, looking primarily at 2009, like if we're going to compare it to today's standards, it looks like trash. Um, but um, Considering what we have, what what they had back in 2009, it's a pretty good. The animations are good, textures are good, characters all look good, and the voice work is all well. It's all quite amazing. The, vo- the voice cast is incredible, um, some of the people that are in this game. Um, but in terms of gameplay, which is what you want out of, the, uh, out of this game, it is very much early 2004, you know, very early Xbox, early console sort of... Um, uh, controls very much. You feel like you feel really heavy when you again. I know it's Riddick, big muscles. Oh, you know I can see in the dark, and I'm a big, chunky, you know Vin Diesel assassin. Um, but he just feels like a tank. He just feels heavy when you want to turn or when you move want to move quickly. Like I'm meant to be a merciless killing machine. I'm well, merciless. I'm meant to be like a killing machine. You know, I'm meant to be full on stealthy agile cat you know but i'm not i feel like i'm a tank i feel like when i'm i'm moving sort of thing the controls feel a bit iffy but in terms of 
gameplay, you know, it is mostly stealth. Like, you can run out and shoot uh, enemies. You do get given guns, but to be honest, there's no point because the enemies, even if you play like an e I tried it on the easy difficulty and I tried it on the harder, harder difficulty, no matter what difficulty you play on, it's primarily the same result. If you play it on really easy, the enemies still have pinpoint accuracy. They have like incredible accuracy, right? They have like uh, Robocop levels of accuracy. You know what I mean? No matter where you are, they will hit you uh, and they will hit you every time, even if you're in cover. If you play on the harder difficulty, it's no different. Again, it's harder. So it just takes less shots for you to die. Um, so you need to rely on stealth a lot more when you plan the harder dif harder difficulties. So I'm figuring, as I'm playing, is like, oh, are the guns for when you're playing on easy mode? You know, because the only times that you really, really, a gun is really important is when you're fighting the mechs. Every now and then you'll get, you face up against a mech. And to kill the mech, you have to shoot them in the back. But the problem is, is the fact of you have no gauge to know how much damage you're doing. Uh, there's no health bar. There's no um, effects. There's no like visual effects. There's no like smoke coming out the back of the enemy. There's no sparks. There's nothing to tell me that I'm actually doing any damage. So for a long time, I was shooting this mech robot. I was shooting in the back, shooting in the front, shooting the side, legs. And I was running around this whole small little area where I've got a few um, uh, crates to hide behind. But even so, I'm uh, he, like again, because the accuracy is so well, it doesn't matter how fast I run. Because I'm I, I I walk like a tank, like a fridge, you know. I'm more I'm more muscle. Like I skip leg day. Like I'm really top heavy, but really like you know got weak legs, you know. So really can't run for shit, you know. And obviously with the accuracy of this big robot, I'm screwed. So I'm figuring like I'm getting rage quitting. Thinking oh fuck this, I don't want to play this game. So I, I shut the game off and I left it like for two three days. And I thought you know what? No, I'll watch a YouTube tutorial. And I ended up watching a YouTube tutorial. Basically, some guy cheated. And he was like, if you climb on, on these two barrels and then you quickly jump and you grapple uh, just at the last second, you can grapple up to this high high ledge and you can hide there. Uh, as long as you've got enough ammunition, as every time he turns around, just shoot him in the back. He will shoot you then back. All you got to do is stand against the wall. He can't hit you. He can't see you. And then eventually he'll forget you there and just rinse and repeat. It took longer. It took a very long time if you're doing it that way. But that was the only way I could get past that one mission. But again, I didn't know that I was doing damage. I was only just assuming that I was doing damage. And if it wasn't for watching the YouTube tutorial, um, when it, you know, of somebody cheesing their way through this enemy, there was no way that I would have known what to do. And back in the day, if I played this 2009, I didn't have access to YouTube, didn't have, uh, you know, there was no smartphones, didn't have a computer. So there was no way that I could have researched this, you know. I, so I would have got pissed off and went, oh, fuck this game. I don't want to play it no more. You know, it's fucking too hard. Uh, and it is like this. You would think they didn't. I don't know if it was like this in the original one or not, so I can't speak of it. But you would think it, it's, it's game design rule 101. You know, I learned this early days when you're playing a game. Ways to show how much damage is being dealt and how much damage is being received you know so if i'm receiving damage and i if i've got a health bar it saved me looking at my health bar if my screen starts going red i know i'm taking too much damage and i need to get out of dodge that's a visual cue that you learn so instead of having to keep your eye constantly on on your health gauge you can look at the screen of what you're doing and you can tell by it going red and it's vice versa the same when you shoot an enemy if i've got a machine gun and i'm shooting an enemy if 
bits of armor are coming off the enemy or if if i blow his arm off or you know if i do damage to a robot and it starts to smoke and it starts to crackle and eventually the robot blows up i know i'm doing damage but i know what i'm doing is right because i i can see it visually but if i'm shooting an enemy and um it's not doing it i'm not getting any visual cues i'm not getting anything like that all i'm getting very rarely it doesn't happen all the time like this is this is that should happen every time i shoot him it because you have to shoot him in the back which is where his power cell is but you should every time i shoot him in the back he should go oh man not in the back he doesn't he says that every other time so you shoot him in the back two three times he doesn't say anything and then you shoot him in the back say a fourth time he goes oh man not in the back you know, so, okay, so that gives you a visual cue. But, you know, it depends if you caught it or not. Was you paying attention? Was you too busy running away because he was shooting you with pinpoint accuracy? You know, that should be constant. I should be constantly being fed that as a gamer, being like, don't shoot me in the back, as well as give me the visuals to let me know that I'm shooting in the back. And obviously, it's it's the same throughout the game. You know, there's, there's a lot of sort of inconsistencies. Sometimes, you know, you'll hit an enemy and uh, it will work. And other times... It doesn't like you have a system where you can knock enemies out and you can hide them in in the shadows and then other enemies can't see them, which is fine. You know, I've done that before in many of the games, uh, Splinter Cell sort of thing. Uh, best sort of example, did it in Splinter Cell or you'd get an enemy and you shove them in a container so they can't be seen. That way you can't be spotted. If enemies go in there, they won't be alerted. Great. Fine. Problem is, it didn't always work. There'd be moments where I'd kill an enemy. I drag him into the darkness. Like the game says, if, if the enemies are in complete darkness, they can't be seen, you're okay. There'd be moments where I'd do that, and then I'd run along, and then the enemy would walk that path. And they'd be like, oh, I found a body! There's an intruder! High alert! And then enemies would come out of nowhere. Sometimes it would happen, sometimes it wouldn't. So I would be there panicking. I'd have to kill an enemy and drag him as far as I can and make sure that every part of him was inside the darkness. N not a toe, not a finger outside because if a single digit was hanging out so that's it enemies that's it high alert riddick is out riddick is in the area you know and this is this is just the first game but i found it was with this with the second one but before i get to the second one i never completed the first one to be honest i never completed the second one and for this reason i felt i haven't felt this this I have felt it before, but like it's quite rare I feel this with a game. Even with a bad, I will still play a bad game just to have the experience of for myself, for my own opinion, of playing it and knowing if it's bad or not. And sometimes I played bad games and I thought, you know, it's not as bad as people say. I quite enjoyed it, you know. Um, I always like to give a game the benefit of the doubt. Every time I do review, I always try to be uh, somewhat positive. Like, yes, there were bad things, but there were bright sides as well. You know, I always try to look on the bright side because I don't like shitting on things. I like to try and, you know, look on the bright side. But with this game, it was more just the fact of I got to a point in the game where I just stopped and I kind of sat there and I went, I've seen everything that this game has to offer me. I have no need to continue playing. I have no need to experience any more of the story. You know, I don't want to. I've I've seen it all. I've done it all. I it, it I'm going from one sandbox to another. I would go from one area where I have NPC NPCs that I talk to and I get quests from, but the quests are all the same. So, for example, you get in the first area and you talk to a couple of people, and it's like, oh, I want you to kill so and so. Let's call him Mad Dog because I can't remember his name. I want you to kill Mad Dog. Okay, no problem. So I can't find Mad Dog. 
So I go and I talk to other NPCs. Uh, and you find another guy and he's like, oh, Mad Dog beat me up. Or uh, you talk to another guy, Mad Dog um, uh, bloody, you know, hustled me out of my money. Or Mad Dog owes me money. So all the quests that you collect in one of the one area would be to go after the same dude. You know what I mean? So then you would go off after the same dude. And then all these guys would, would you'd go to the different guys and they'd give you credits and packets of fags and stuff like that. Uh, what they call them smokes in the game. And again, okay. You know, but it's very much of like, then what's the point having a quest system if all the people are asking me going after the same bloke? You know, it, it, does, it just doesn't make sense to me. And then you'd go to another area. And so you'd, the gameplay would work like this. You'd go have a small area like that. Then you'd have an area of one or two or maybe even three levels of just sneaking around killing people. Then after that, you'd have come into another area full of NPCs where you talk to all them. Again, it's rinse and repeat. They'd give you the same missions, the same side quests. And once again, you'd go find the person. You'd have a go beat the person up, kill the other person. Then you, you gain favor. And then you go to another few more levels where you kill a few more enemies stealthily or, you know, you go gun, all guns blazing. And then, again, you another area where you're talking to more NPCs and they give you the same missions. And it's it's just rinse and repeat. It's the same. And again, I don't know if it's because it's a 2004 game. That's just how games were back in the day. I don't know. But it's just very much like, okay, this is boring. I've seen everything that I need to see in this game. I don't feel like this. I'm going to go around this corner and the game's going to completely change. I thought it's going to be the same all the way through. So I never completed it. I got halfway and I just stopped. And I was like, you know what? I've seen everything. I've experienced everything. I'm now going to go play the sequel. right? And that's what I did. I stopped playing the first one and I went to go play the sequel. And then I played the sequel. And the same thing happened. I got halfway through. Um, and apart from a few differences... Because it's a newer game, so they can go all out. It's not a HD remaster. They can they can add a bit more features. Uh, they can add a few more things, a, a few more sort of um, visual things, a few more textures that they couldn't add in the original one. Because uh, they're using the same engine, but obviously this one is made primarily for Xbox 360. It's not a remaster to the 360. Um, so visually, it looks a little bit better. You know, the characters, animations, the cinematics look a bit better. But even so. Again, the gameplay is still the same. Like I mentioned it before, like the fact of you get <laughs> you get given guns, right? You get given pistols, you get given machine guns and shotguns and, and sniper rifles and, and that sort of stuff. And it's like what you, you use it, but there's no point using it because it, you don't like regen health. You don't get like your health doesn't re regen out of combat. You have to find health stations, kind of like Half-Life. Um, the only difference, Half-Life is good. But you have to find health stations, like in Half-Life. But again, in Half-Life, if you got shot, you knew that there was going to be a health station nearby that you could have a run back to. Like, you could backtrack to, but it wouldn't be too far away. But also, you knew there would be one close by, or there'd be things you could break open, like uh, crates that you could break open to find health that would updo your uh, shields and updo your health and armor and that sort of thing. Um, so you wouldn't mind so much of getting shot and going to gunfights because you knew there'd be health everywhere for you to find. In this game, there isn't. The game is made for stealth. But then my question is, if the game is made primarily for stealth, why give me the option of going gun blaze, all guns blazing? Because even, like even if you play on the easy difficulty, your health still gets goes down very, very quickly. It goes down very quickly, very, very fast, you know. Um, 
so again, my question is, why the guns? Just because, like, don't it's nice to have a gun and it's nice to shoot the enemies, but when the game is tailored made to stealth, and every time that I shoot an enemy and I get swarmed and I can't shoot enough, and I basically, yeah, I might win the fight, the gunfight, but now I've got zero health and I don't know where the next sort of health. Uh, station is and that's at the health station like in half-life it runs out so you can only go there so many times until you, unless you find a um a recharge cell that you can plug in it's like a battery you plug into the bottom of it and it regains uh, power so you can uh, re recoup some health but because again they're few and far between find finding the, the cells and because again the ta- the game's tailored towards stealth it's the fact of again i asked the question why guns why if you if your original plan was to tailor it towards self what would be the point apart from using them on um the mechs which again i've already did a whole section talking about how bad the robots and mechs are because they've got pinpoint accuracy and i've got no way of telling if i'm doing damage or not like generally i didn't realize if i had to shoot them or if i had to sneak up behind them and melee them you know kind of like jump up behind them and like rip batteries out that sort of thing because i thought if the gameplay is tailored towards stealth and you've given me loads of crates to kind of sneak behind to get around behind this robot then i thought you know you know it kind of makes sense where i'd have to go behind it and then there would be like a button like it press y or press rb or something like that to jump on his back and start stabbing him in the back in the in, like in the wires start ripping wires out you know stealthy shit you know what I mean? Then run away in the shadows and hide away and then let him sort of sneak around a bit, then rinse and repeat, do it again. That's what I thought would happen. Kind of like, you know, uh, Batman Arkham City, where I'm, I'm going up against Dr. Uh, Dr. Freeze. I've got to be smart because he learns. So I've got to, like, I'm, I might be able to get him in a crate one time, one or two times, but eventually I can't do that again because now he will check all the vents. And if I do it again in the vents, he will grab me. So I've got to be smart how I sneak around. That's I've, maybe I was thinking a bit too sort of you know maybe I was thinking too far ahead, but I just thought well if it's meant to be a stealthy game that's maybe what I'm meant to be doing. Wrong. You hit him. He goes there. You are Brrr, dead, dead, dead. You know. Well, again, I come back to the question and why guns? If if you don't you need to use them. There is once there is another section we get to use them where you go up against these like zombie mutated creatures, but they just run at you like they just they run at you and then you shoot them and they fall to pieces. Like new, like like paper, wet paper, you know, just dead, you know. Um, so yeah, you have a few sections of you have guns, but they don't tell you. Oh, it's best not to use these guns against the enterbeds, the marines. It's best to use them against the robots and the things because again, you're just gonna think, well, I'm playing on easy. Yes, I could stealth, but eh, I'm, I'm gonna run out and I'm gonna shoot the shoot the crap out of things. But like I said, you still get overwhelmed, you still get killed. Um, and this was the thing that I found with the second one. It's the thing I found with the first one. Is that the gameplay is tailored around stealth, but the stealth is good, but it's not great. You know, even the stealth that's meant to be again the main sort of arcing point is not great. The melee weapons aren't that great. You get knuckle dusters, and you get um, batons. I think I don't know if you get them in the first game because I never got that far. Um, I played a good. I played two, three hours of the first game. To be honest, primarily I'd say. Um, I don't think you do, but you might do. But in the first, in the second game, you get the Uruks, the the knifings that he always uses in the movies, quite early on, and they 
do a lot of damage as you would expect because they're blades. But when you get given like a baton, a knuckle dusters, and a shiv, you're there for ages. Like the melee combat is horrible, especially when you're going up against somebody who's also, you know, got a shiv. You're stabbing them, and there'll be moments where you'd stab them, but because of how the animations work, even if I was the first, like the first time. I pressed the button and I was the first to kind of lunge in to stab him in the face with my shiv. He would still hit me twice with the shiv, you know, and I think, well, no, that doesn't seem very fair. You know, I get I, prison rules. I get it. But in a gameplay setting, it doesn't make sense. And that's the thing about a lot about this game is the fact of the first game is, is a tool of the past that's been remastered for the future. So I couldn't judge it so much. But the second game where they had a, an opportunity to, add new features, revolutionize it. Like, okay, guys, we're making a brand new Riddick game. We're in a brand new engine. There are more things that we can do, more things that we're now capable of because we now have a powerful, a, a more powerful engine, a more powerful system. Let's, you know, try new features. Let's try new mechanics. You know, let's make it a bit 50-50. So, like, if a character wants to stealth, they can stealth. But if they also want all guns blazing, all, all guns blazing, then they can. Bla I don't. I keep saying blazing for some unknown reason. I don't know why. Um, but if the character wants to go all guns blazing, they can. You know, um, but no, they didn't. They kind of took. They it was kind of like copy and paste. They took the gameplay from the first game, copied it, pasted it into a new into the new setting, and that was it. Again. Mainly because I didn't complete the game and I didn't get halfway through. Maybe I stopped at the moments in the first and second game where, like, the game completely changed and brand new features came in, and that's where everybody found the enjoyment. But for me, I just didn't. I, I just, I was just disappointed. You know, like, the only part that I really, really liked about this game was the voice acting. The voice acting was amazing. Vin Diesel as Riddick. Again, he's, he's pretty, he's really, really good at the Riddick. So it, it works well. Um, the voice cast from all the other people as well, fantastic. Um, it's a high, like uh, a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? A-class sort of actors um, in the voice cast. The voice works amazing. The, uh, what's it called? The uh, cinematics and the kind of the moments in between the sort of games. They all sort of work, they work great. Voice work of the enemies is quite great, but everything else is just, yeah meh you know it's boring like like i said i got halfway through and i was like i've seen i've I, i've seen all i need to play i played the sequel expecting more as you would do you know you think you as you would with any sort of sequel i played the first one the first one was great i'm gonna play the sequel and hopefully as i would imagine the sequel would be bigger better um more features more things to do new things to do new weapons blah blah blah, blah. you know and then you play it and you're like oh oh Oh, it's um, it it's the same game. This is disappointing, and I I think I would have been. I think if I generally had played the first game, two thousand and four, I think I would have been amazed with the brand new graphics and the the brand new textures and HD um visuals um on the three hundred and sixty. I would have been amazed by that, but I don't know. It, unless I really really love the first game. I would have, I think I would have been disappointed. And then to play the second one and to realize it, it's nothing but the first game. And maybe for a few, maybe for some people that might be enough. For some people, again, they might be the fact that the first game was amazing. They loved it. It was one of their favorite games ever. And then they got more of what they loved it was in the sequel, um, just with better graphics and a new story. 
that I guess for some people that probably works, but for me, it didn't. I wanted more innovation. I wanted more. I just wanted more. I wanted new things. You know, I want you to offer me something different, something new, something I didn't get in the first game. You know. Um, but yeah, honestly, overall, as a movie, as a movie sort of tie-in, kind of considering it's it's a prequel to to um, the pitch. I think it's a prequel to Pitch Black. So these two games take place before Pitch Black because you have Johns um, in the first two games. Actually, the voice actor for who plays Johns in the movie also voices Johns in the first two um, in the first two games. But even so, like I don't feel that you know, it works well as a move time, but I just don't feel as, as a game it works. You know, look, there's there's a game here. I can see it. I just can't feel it. I can't find the game. You know, I can't find the enjoyment uh, of it. And unless you're a hardcore Riddick fan, I just I can't recommend it because it's just not that fun. But that's my that's my feelings. That's why I feel about it. You know, you might disagree. You might have played this game. Might have played the sequel as well. Um, I thought it was the best game ever. It was underrated gem with the Xbox 360. That's completely fair. If that's how you feel, by all means, that's your opinion, and I, I don't judge you, and I won't argue uh, you with it. Um, but for my opinion, my overall thought is I can't recommend it um, as a movie tie-in ish sort of thing. It works, um, but everything else just kind of falls a bit flat. Um, yeah, that's my opinion. So that's my thoughts and feelings on the Riddick games, on the movie tie-in ish, um, Riddick games. Um, let's go to the end now. Let's end it all off quite nicely, shall we? So once again, I play another sponge cake with no flavor. It looks beautiful on the outside, but then when you eat and you, you cut into it and you have you take a bite, you realize there's no substance. It is just bleh, horrible. Um, this is a very much one of them sponge cakes with no flavor sort of moments. Um, but that's my opinion. That's what I feel. What do you think? Uh, by all means, let me know on Twitter at nerdstagic underscore uh, pod. I'd love to hear your thoughts and feelings. Again, if you if you agree, fantastic. If you disagree, also fantastic. Um, I want to know. So let me know on my Twitter at nerdstagic underscore pod. Uh, you can find this podcast on Spotify. You can find it on Anchor, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts. You can also now find the podcast on YouTube. Just go into YouTube and type in Nerd, the Nerdstagic Podcast and look for my flaming face and you'll find me there. Um, hopefully, um, I have released a few more episodes on there. So some new ones to check out if you've already watched all the ones on there already um also if you listen to this on spotify don't forget to give me a rating uh, a star rating so if you go onto my spotify page for the nerd strategy podcast if you go down there'll be a little star thing if you press on that you get a chance to rate the the, the podcast from five to five stars to one star five stars being the best thing you've heard in your life one star being Vogons doing poetry, absolute trash. Your ears are bleeding. Please stop and, you know, kill me. Um, whatever you feel like is fair. One to five, uh, let me know. And uh, before I go, also want to remind you guys, World of Books, sponsoring this video. Thank you very, very much to World of Books for sponsoring the video and for sponsoring the episode. Don't forget uh, to check them out and to get your 10% off using the promo code NERDY10. That's NERDY10. 
N-E-R-D-Y 10 at checkout for 10% off your next order. And that is all she wrote, folks. Again, I hope you all enjoyed it. Hope you like it. I've got loads more movie tying games to come. Um, so uh, as always, thank you for watching. Uh, and well, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, shall I say, watching. But if you could watch this, well, stop hacking me. <laughs> but if you listen to this, um, thank you for listening to the Nerd Stagic Podcast uh, with me, your host, Luke. Hope you all enjoyed it. And I'll catch you on the next one. All right, guys. See you later.